welcome to this week's edition of the Hard Rock Show. I'm Andrew. I'm Tim. I'm Dave. Uh, details, as always, are on the screen, or if you're listening to this via podcast, then you know hit the description for, for more information. Make sure you're following us across all of our social media channels. Um, that's the best way to keep up with everything we're doing. And also, if you want to give us some support, we will greatly appreciate it. Please do so via our Patreon page. Uh, speaking of our wonderful supporters, a special thank you to our wonderful sponsors in Squidding Screen Printing, Old Colt and Rockstar Finance as well. Make sure you follow them, give them a bit of a like, you know, show them some love for the support they give to us here. So tonight on this week's edition of the Hard Rock Show, we're going to go through a few things. Uh, we've got the we're going to finally review the Prophecy EP from Aussie band Einstein. We'll also go through the latest from Lucifer, The Ocean, and Deftones. Well, the discussion coming up very shortly on the recent, um, I guess, kerfuffle about uh, free dances being asked for for the AFL Grand Final up in Brisbane. But before we get stuck in all that, how is everyone going? How, how have you been keeping on, Tim? Yeah, keeping on. Yeah, starting start to miss the pub, but, uh, mm. you know, a few more weeks and we'll, we'll get to the pub. Yep, that's the plan. Anyway. Yep. <clears throat> How about you, Dave? Yeah, chugging along. It's hump day, midweek, bit flat, run down. Still working, so it's an odd day. Miss my friends, miss going to gigs. Yeah. Miss taking the family out. But almost there. Yeah. That's all we can do. We're getting there, slowly but surely. Um, work's been quiet for me, so I've been doing a lot more stuff behind the scenes here. And Jody and I have been working on uh, design. We're actually going to revamp the set, which you guys don't know about that yet, but we're going <laughs> to revamp the set. Um, so, yeah, because yeah. we're a bit tired of the, the sitting on those hard benches I've got in there at the moment. So we're actually going to convert those benches into basically being a bar top and we'll have stools to go behind it. So I can probably squeeze a few more of us in that room as well. Oh, nice. So... It'll be a little bit more sort of a cross between the old bar set on the old studio that you're familiar with and then also um, the garage set that we had where we had the bookshelves and the fully decked that wall and that behind us. So I'm going to try and do a sort of a cross between those two setups. Okay. We'll see how it plans out. But, yeah, we've got a few things. That's some of our construction work coming up this weekend in the boat. Yep. Yep, that's worth thinking of doing. So <laughs> there we go. Not much else we can do at the moment apart from do shit here behind the scenes and, and build new stuff. Hey, you're keeping yourselves busy, man. So That's more important than anything else. Really you this time. Yeah, and otherwise you sit there watching social media and the yeah, constant yeah. crap that's going on at the moment. It's like, no, that's got my head in. So it's better to be busy and productive as opposed to anything else. So see how it all plays out. But one thing that did come across the desk that was amusing or interesting or whatever you want to look at it by um, in terms of social media interaction this past week has been the request that seems to have gone out for free dances for the AFL Grand Final, which is at the end of October, I think. What's the date for that? 28th. Okay, Jody's all over it. Um, so that's really... Interesting. So what do you think of that, Tim? Let's go to you first on the, the request for free dances from that side of things. Um, the visual AFL request. I think it's just a, yeah, whatever. Considering how much they paid meatloaf, I think they could chop out for some dances. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, also, like, they're looking for professional dancers, yeah? Yes. Yeah, so again, these are people who've mostly been out of work uh, the part of this year. Um, again, like music, tough industry to break into. Mm. 
and an industry that's suffering at the moment. So uh, that they can't toss, toss these people at least a few hundred bucks each. Yeah. Uh, especially given all their, they haven't really lost anything on the television rights like the NRL has. So I don't understand. Um, this is just the AFL being cheap and it's a poor PR move on their behalf as well. Yeah. So, yeah. The poor, yeah. poor. I agree with that completely. Yep. Like I said, I don't know completely if it's a, 100% request from the AFL for free dances. It might be just someone they've engaged. So it could be a third party in there somewhere, but it's still a bad look all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a bad look. Mm. Yeah. Dave? Yeah, you'd think with all the money the AFL rakes in each year, they could certainly afford to pay a couple hundred bucks or at least give some form of reimbursement rather than the old just pay for exposure. Because... Mm-hmm. You know, like Tim said, you know, the people have probably been struggling in the past years. I mean, this year more than ever, you would think you'd be a bit more charitable, especially if you're a big business like AFL. But yeah. it just comes down to greed, I think. Pretty much. I don't think we're going to be getting much disagreement on this topic at all. The thing that I find most amusing about it is that the creative fields, the arts in general, are being absolutely slammed in Australia as a consequence of COVID-19. It was already on a hiding to nothing as it was, um, but now with the ideological stance of certain governments and all sort of stuff, it, it's certainly come into stark contrast just how badly they're getting fucked over. Um, I think it's deplorable that this has even gone out the way it has, regardless of whose fault it is, um, because the creative arts are always the ones that are, you know, do a charity gig, do a charity thing for this and that. You know? So the bushfires come out, the... the Performers all come out and, and help out there. Anything and everything that needs, you know, entertainment to be brought to raising awareness to do telethons and all sort of stuff, it's all donated time by artists. And so they're the first to respond and they're the last to get any form of help. You look at the uh, quote-unquote announced package from ScoMo that was supposed to help the creative arts and there's been fucking not a cent delivered on it yet and they don't think they will deliver any of it until after the pandemic, which is like, okay, good luck with that. Um, and this whole thing too, it's not just about the day of the show. It's also about the rehearsals leading into it because a show like this doesn't just have you turn up and you're done. It's, it's not just a few hours. No, you don't just show up and, uh, and uh, do it. No, there's going to be weeks of rehearsal. So who's going to, you know, that all that time is supposed to be donated as well. And the argument being exposure. Now there was that cool video that Tim and I have seen. I don't know if you, did you watch it, Dave at all? Which video? The one that Tim sent through to us about paying for things with exposure. That was a great video put together. I forget who did it, but I found it on Twitter. I'm assuming you found it on TikTok, Tim, or where do you find it? I found it on Facebook. Um, I think Marcus from Serious Ground shared it. Mm. Um, But this is basically a woman going through paying for things by going, well, I I danced at the AFL Grand Final. Well, there you go. It's free. Yeah. So well, Matt how... drive through servos, like you know, like actual things, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I think as musicians we sympathise with that. So mm. um, yeah, it's a shame that the AFL's done that. Yeah, I think uh, the old argument for you know do it for exposure. Now I I understand the argument if you're going to go a strictly barter system. No, no, but the, but the whole point of exposure is exposure for what? So that you can eventually get paid. Yeah, exactly. Like, cut out the middle, man, and just get paid. 
Well, yeah, I agree with that completely. I think there'd be more of a leg to stand on with the whole overall exposure argument. Not that I agree with it, but there'd be more of a leg to stand on to play devil's advocate. If there was some form of ongoing persistent yeah. exposure, not just turn up, do a dance where you're not even going to get your name shown on the screen, you're just going to show up and dance and then bugger off again for you know five minutes out of a two-and-a-half-hour broadcast and no one gives a fuck about ultimately what you were doing. And that's supposed to be for free. But there's no ongoing support. The same thing with bands. Like if, if bands or dancers or whatever else is a wider field, if you know, the AFL and all that stuff wanted to utilise some free entertainment, if they committed to doing six to 12 months of regular pumping of their content, social media-wise or on the televised broadcasts, there'd be more of a bargaining chip or an evening of playing. That's the thing. Like, like so the, the, the headliner of the NFL halftime show is free, isn't it? I'm not sure, actually. I haven't checked up on that. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't know. I'd have to double-check that. Mm. But, I mean, like, when you're a massive act and you're not really travelling and... Yeah. You know, there's... Here, you're on your biggest television event in the world. You know, there's an argument for it, but... Yeah, not... not NFL not, Grand Final could be paying people. Yeah, no, I... Don't get me wrong. I'm only playing devil's advocate. I believe they should be paid. 100% should be paid. Um, yeah. But I just think there'd be a little more of that argument would have a bit more weight if they committed to long-term exposure, not just to get up there for three minutes and then nothing. That doesn't do anything for anyone. It never has. No one's gotten successful out of that. No. No one. There you go. Jody's just popped in and said the AFL's equivalent of Nicky Webster. So. Yeah. (laughs) So it's... It's a nonsense argument. I don't buy into it. <clears throat> like I said, the only way I'd excuse it if there was ongoing support, which I don't see that happening at all. But the thing is that they have the leverage to do it, that if they wanted to, they could. But we all know they won't. Just like commercial radio and all the other vested interests within this country that don't look after their artists and then they want artists to do shit for them for free. Fuck off, generally speaking. I think it's about time that... I think there was a line drawn in the sand, especially after this, because no one's been paid for quite some time now, especially in that field. So, yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about music. <laughs> Supposed to nonsense. Yep. Ironstone uh, with the Prophecy EP, uh, six tracks for twenty six minutes. The debut EP from the Australian band, released May twenty twenty independently, uh, produced by Chris Melka Monolith Studios. Uh, this finally comes about after a few years with this young band finding their feet, settling on the definitive lineup, and all that sort of stuff. So, Dave, let's go to you first for this one. Okay. Um, new lineup, new style. I've seen about a few different incantations of this band and like everything that they've delivered, regardless of what who the singer is or who's in the band, the core unit always mm-hmm. writes some pretty good songs. Yep. Um, I was a bit surprised that the guitar solos went a bit more prominent and flashy because yeah. those who have seen Eddie perform live, he can shred like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And, um, but what he, what he plays in the songs does fit what they're doing and this new style kind of doesn't lend itself to the more flashy stuff. So I think there's a compromise there. Yeah. Um, it's heavily produced um, from what I've heard in the past, but they've put a lot of work into this. And like I said, it serves the new style that they're going for. Yeah. It's a bit more, uh, the more younger person orientated, like metal core or whatever, <laughs> rather than prog metal that they used to be. Yeah. So it's a bit of a trip for what I'm more familiar with, but yeah, I did, Certainly enjoyed the CP. Um, songs are very memorable. Listened to it a few times and I was had them in my head at work today. Okay. I'm cool. a bit tired today. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, it's a good showcase of what they can do. I would love to see this lineup live. Haven't had a chance mm-hmm. to see this one yet. So based on this EP, how I can, they've definitely taken a few steps up. Um, I get to say that again. My stance were Downpour, Bound, Hollow, and Origin. Which is cool. most of the <laughs> Yeah, almost all of it. All right, cool. Tim? Yeah, very enjoyable. Um, I thought... Uh, I thought, um, yeah, very much like a, a Tesseract kind of sound. Yeah. Per, yeah. Like, you know, early periphery kind of stuff. Um, which is cool. Um Obviously, very young band, which is very impressive. Yeah. Um, and the, my only little criticism, and I'm going to be really harsh because they're a young band, because I don't want to, um, I don't want to come off across as a dick, but yeah. did like the, the the first few songs again. This is a great showcase EP, but it did feel like there was a formula to it. Mm. And then once you got to the last two tracks is when they started to experiment with that little formula. Yeah. But I would love to see going forward with future material is to, to more expand on that. I mean, have, what, what I mean by formula is like, you know, the hook lines fell here and then they went back to the riff and then they yeah. went back to that, which is nothing wrong with that. It means you've always got a good song to fall back on when you, you, you're running out, when you're, uh, you're looking for ideas. But yeah, but once you got to, to Hollow and Origin, which are my two two standouts, you can see them like starting to experiment with okay, what happens if we just move the one around here, and yeah. what happens if, and really trying to push the, the boundaries of it. So and I because of that again because they're a young band, um, I really enjoyed that aspect of it, and um, I'd love to see them do more of it. Um, yeah. I think if they push into more that direction and. Um, do a full album, it'd actually be a really great listen. So yeah. this was as well. So an eight and a half out of ten, and yeah, yeah. it's fantastic work. Um, be curious to see where these guys are in five years. Mm. Um, yeah, just to see what happens because they've got the potential to be really, really very good. Yep, cool. Tim, you may want to fix the angle of your your shot there a little bit because it's like you're cutting off the top of your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, for mine, it's a long overdue re- review. We haven't we had a bit of a lull, obviously, when everything started to go pear shaped earlier on this year. We got ourselves set into a new rhythm, so we're catching up on a few things. So one of those ones to catch up on. As Dave said, we followed this band for quite some time overall. We've seen a few different lineups now, and they seem to have settled in to what they want to do. And speaking to Ed after. Live. I knew they were sort of heading down this kind of direction, which is, you know, they, they stuck to their guns. It's it's modern metal with that genty sort of a, a style going on, but there's a bit more to it than just that, which is cool. The production, as always, with Melko is pretty damn good. Um, perfect for this style. Um, nothing is overheated. It's really nice. It's got some clear and deep sort of tones to it. Um, there's nice space used in the mix. So even though it's got that genty sort of snap to the grid kind of feel, it doesn't sound over-compressed and dense. It's, it's got some nice depth to it. There were little foley touches like the rain on downpour and other little accents like there's a Middle Eastern flavor in one of the songs. That was really cool. So those little touches were nice on this. For me, the um, the layering was cool as well. And not only in the production, but the writing performances. There's lots of little additions that make this interesting to hear with this style of music. And the clarity in the mix is what really stood out for me overall because that's what makes it interesting because a lot of these ones do get really dense and this didn't suffer from that, which made it, much more enjoyable to listen to just on a passive listener point of view. If you don't like the music per se, that sounds good to hear it done this way. Um, it's got that staccato 
sort of snaps of the groove feel. If you don't like that, you're probably not going to like this music overall. Um, but that along with the vocal style, which is, you know, also that the, the vocal has the sort of growly approach, but it's actually got a lot more melody than you expect as well. So if you can, you know, if you enjoy the vocals and you enjoy the style of music, you're going to enjoy a lot about this. If that style of music that comes out of a lot of the younger modern metal bands, if that doesn't do anything for you, there's not going to be anything here that sort of wins you over and changes your mind. I think the melody was what was impressive in the vocal side of it. I think it's a lot better than a lot of other ones out there. And the synth that was used on this in a subtle way was a nice touch too. It made it sort of stand out and not be as generic as, as the rest. I think though that there are some youthful mistakes on this one. I think there's an over-reliance on formula, like Tim was saying. I think they've, they've tried to really break it down into a, a way of doing it. I don't think they need to, especially with Ed being such a gun guitarist. Tim, have you ever seen them? play uh i think i have once but um long, yeah not for a while ed can shred like i reckon he's one of the best young guitarists this country has right now and i want to hear more of that brought into this because what they did in the first track with downpour there was a brilliant solo that was played in that it worked in the style nicely knowing what they're capable of and then hearing what you've got here i know they can do more i would like like tim was saying do the experimentation but i want to see them also compose things that have at least some space for a lead guitar bit of work to break up that sort of back third of the song. I reckon there's a lot of scope from the sort of experiment, not deviate from what they're trying to do, but make it a different flavor, a different spin to what goes on out there. Um, I think that another mistake for me was in the lyrics a little bit for the most part, they're actually pretty damn good, but there was a song like kill the man that mm. I couldn't, I couldn't buy into that. I didn't believe it. Yeah. I couldn't buy in yeah. on that song. Uh, the song was good. The melody was fine. It was the lyrics that brought that one down for mine. Yeah. But those, ultimately, those critiques are very small on this. And I thought it was, you know, missing the guitar work and a bit more variety kind of thing. There's, you've got some really good stuff on this EP aside from all those little critiques. Uh, I think there's, it's a good solid foundation for the band. Uh, my hope is that they really launch now. They've got their lineup. They've got their sound. They know what they're doing. I want them to launch from this platform and really just go for broke on the album. Go nuts. I reckon they can, they've got a lot of talent. There's more than enough talent. I reckon it's time to show the world what they've got, and I reckon they can do it too. Because, like was said, five years from now, they could be fucking anywhere. Hey, they're they're they're, they're if any if any one of us played the band as good at that age, yeah, yeah. you'd be wrapped. You'd be wrapped. Yeah, because they're, they're they're fucking great. They're doing very very well. This is a very good start for them. Uh, I gave it a seven and a half out of ten. I picked Downpour, Bound, and Origin as my standouts on this. Now we're going to dramatically shift gears on what we're going to be reviewing. Uh, we're going to go to Lucifer with Lucifer 3, uh, nine tracks for 39 minutes. It's the third studio album the German and Swedish band released March 2020 via Century Media Records, uh, self-produced by the band. After many lineup changes, vocalist Johanna Sedonis is now the, own, the band's only remaining original member, which is an interesting note to put onto this. Tim, we'll throw to you first for this. Um, I struggle to get into this. Yep. So, and a lot of it's got to do with the recording. So, okay. When they were, all right. So first of all, the the way they're writing, they're writing to the um, the old Black Sabbath formula, which is groovy and doobie, and then groovy and funky. Yep. Right. Obviously, they're not trying to do the same thing. So what they're doing is they're shifting where the funky part goes rather than just, you know, because Sabbath would put it at the end. Yeah. They'd kind of shift it around and put it in different spots. And 
for me, I didn't know that didn't work. Um, yep. The other thing that didn't work is, I think what happened is they tried to record this to a click with a band that didn't know how to play to a click drum okay. and maybe didn't have the budget to do it again. Because this is the first time I've actually pulled out a metronome and tap tempoed it. And whenever they would change into a different um, a different pulse, they'd actually speed up and then slow down and then correct themselves. Okay. So they were out of time in parts and it just shit me to tears. Um, it's the drummer you coming out. Yeah, I, I cannot <laughs> fucking take them, man. Do it again. We'll practice. Yep. Um, I also thought the tones were probably a poor choice. She's got a great voice, uh, um, but her voice is also very bass heavy. And again, going with that sort of bass heavy organ and a bass heavy guitar tone with a lot of reverb, um, I think just clashed with it and made it an overall muddy kind of listen. Okay. Um, again, the band's called Lucifer, so they do try to play into a gimmick a little bit at times. And again, again with the organ and that, try to make it sound evil. I think they could have made much more interesting choices with that. Um, and it's a shame because I think there's a lot of potential in these songs. And then when, again, when they are going and they, they, you settle in, they sound fine. But it's, yeah, it's just, it's just a bit of a mess, to be honest with you. Okay. I, you know, yeah. It feels like a band that got, you know, signed when this heavy blues thing became popular with the Black Keys. And yeah, some, some bands, some, some bands hit and some bands miss. And I think this is a mess. Okay. Uh, Fight mm-hmm. by Snakes was my highlight. Um, but yeah, I gave it a five out of 10. Just, you know, you believe it. Okay, cool. It'd be yeah. interesting to see what you think of the earlier discography, Tim. I'd be curious to see what you think of that with a different lineup beforehand. Um, yeah. Anyway, interesting. Yeah, Dave. I like the Liz vibe on here. It was like the old garage rock bands of the 70s, which I always thought was pretty cool. It just didn't have to be perfect. It just got recorded, books and all, and it's just here we are. Um, this band certainly has a very 70s vibe, right down to naming their album 1, 2, and 3, yeah. just like Zeppelin used to do. But that's cool. Um, there's a bit of a scene in Germany. There's a, I've discovered a couple of bands a few years ago, a band called Spiders and a band called Hypnos, both from Germany. Yeah. It's very Spider- similar to this style. Yeah. It's the type of music you listen to on a record player. You have a few years to consuming the music on vinyl. Mm. Um, yeah, I, it doesn't have to be spot on perfect it's just got that vibe yeah. um, nice vocal guitar tone which i like and very melodic driven riffs and like i actually wrote loose solos so tim i think it's meant to be that way <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's gonna like, come to the taste yeah yeah oh. it's if you're an old person like me you probably get more out of it i reckon it's a throwback to that type of music you hear growing up before you really know what it is um I like the contrast in the lyric delivery. It's really dark subject matter, but it's really happy, poppy. Yeah, the delivery. melody. Mm. Yeah, it's like fun Halloween. But yeah, we're, we're <laughs> you love that stuff. I do. It's something. <laughs> it's how you corrupt young people until. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the singer's got a great voice too. Really, so the songs now for some controversy. I actually prefer this to Ghost. Oh, I gave wow. this seven out of ten. Um, standards with Lucifer, Midnight Phantom, Flanked by Snakes, and Cemetery Eyes. I think I prefer it to Ghost because I prefer her vocals to the guy from Ghost. I don't okay. like well, That's fair. She's a good singer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. What'd you give out of 10 again? It cut up when you said yeah. that. Sorry? Seven. Seven? Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Um, this is a band that 
we have covered, I think, both their previous releases in some way, shape, or form on the show before. Uh, I've always found them a little bit overhyped up to this point. This is probably their brightest release yet. It's different with the, the darker tones and the darker lyrics and all sort of stuff, but the, it's, the top end on this is actually more utilised than it has been on previous releases, especially just in the way they've opened things up in the space as well. I thought the production was nice and warm. Doesn't get, you know, the, a lot of the stuff we get out of this style of music today is really super fuzzy. We're getting a, getting a lot of that, but this one has a deeper mix and the layering I thought was really nicely done. Uh, the overall thing that cuts through this is Johanna's voice. It's smoke. Her tone is glorious. I love the tone. It's not the world's biggest range, but the way she uses what she's got is very, very nice. Um, the songs here show her ability off really, really well. I thought it was well balanced, lots of space, which suited that music as well, gave into that vibe a bit more. Um, I think it's funny that Dave mentions he prefers this to Ghost. I'm still going to go to Ghost over this. That's going to be my default for quite some time. It's going to take a bit to knock that off. Um, but I think they've actually honed in a little bit on what Ghost did with Prequel because there are little elements from that, like subtle tambourine hits and things like this, little one-off moments that I noticed a lot with the Ghost album. I think that's been, you know, ripped and utilised, not a rip-off, but you know what I mean? We're seeing a lot more of this subtle... Is it happening in that one? Yeah, it's, it's an influence. I think it's come through now. People are starting to... If you're going to be in a studio and doing something, you can add little one-off hits there and there to sort of, you know, break it up. And this one has a few of those, which is cool. Um, either it's an intentional thing or it's organic and they've just gotten better at writing songs as they go along. I don't know, but that's something that's worked for me. And the darkness that is present with this band has usually been really on the tone, uh, which... Tim noted before, this one does have that darker tone. But for me, it's less present in the tone on this one overall than it is in the lyrics. The lyrics is where the darkness really sits on this one too, which I think ties with what Dave was saying there. Because you've got the fun over-the-top melody, which is kind of catchy, and then you've got these lyrics that are a little bit twisted, which is kind of cool. Um, all in all, it's a very 70s classic rock influence thing. Like Tim hit the nail on the head with that Black Sabbath influence. There's a big Black Sabbath influence on this. Um, I thought the use of harmony was really cool, both in the male and the female vocal. Uh, if you like, I think, it, I think for me this is sort of like if you have Black Sabbath meeting Heart or something like that, but that'd be yeah. a sort of crossover point. Um, there's nothing blistering on here, just enough sort of tempo changes to give it interesting. It's really, It's got some good rock stuff, but the sultry sort of slower moments were very nicely done in this. Now, it's a very tasty guitar solos in this too that weren't flashy, but just nice little additions to the songs. Nothing overly new. I've heard a lot of this stuff before, but it's done very well for mine. I'm keen to see what they do next because this one makes me a little more interested than it has on previous releases. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I picked Midnight Phantom, Flanked by Snakes, and Cemetery Eyes. Now, Tim... You pushed for the next one. So we're going to throw to you first after I do a little pre-roll because this is one you wanted to do badly. We're going to go to the ocean. I'm going to try to pronounce the fucking name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Phenerozoic 2, Mesozoic Cenozoic. I think that's how it goes. Uh, eight tracks for 51 minutes or 16 tracks for 102 minutes with the bonus instrumental disc. Yeah, that, that, why would you do yeah. <laughs> Hold your fire, just wait one second, all right? It's the 10th studio album from the German band, released September 2020 by Metal Blade Records, produced by Jens Bogren, who's done a shitload of work of late. Uh, this is part of an extremely ambitious concept work overall, and like I said before, Tim pushed us into it. So, Tim, you're going to go first. Now, do you want to kick off with your thoughts on the instrumental disc or what? All right, so uh, I did not listen to the instrumental disc. What are you, nuts? <laughs> I did. 
we, 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 there's only so many hours in the day, even in isolation. Yeah. <laughs> However, all right, so this is the only way I can describe this, right? And it's a weird metaphor, but when I was a kid, right, um, I, for some reason I would have been, you know, talking about, you know, I would have been listening to cricket or something, and, you know, something would have, something would have come up at commentators, but my dad explained to me, you know, actually commentators on radio are better than commentators on TV because they're going to be able to tell a story without the, without the, 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 the visual aid. Yeah. That's what I would compare this to is they tell, they're basically doing a, a movie score without mm. the movie. Yeah. And I love it. I think this is fucking awesome. I think this is like, this is one of the, the most it's, it's cause like there's, you, I can't, you can't nail this down stylistically. Mm. Cause there's a little bit of everything. There are points like the closest thing I could come up with is like, um, uh, um, Leviathan by Mastodon meets Crack the Sky by Mastodon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because of that huge range, but, and that sort of movie feel. Yep. But, um, as a, and then uh, as you've probably gathered, it's not really something you can put on in the background. No, it's not. But for me, you know, when this came out on Friday, I had the day off and just sitting down and listening to this and immersing myself in it from start to finish, this was just the perfect listen. You were red hot on this. This is fucking great. Like, and the thing is, because I, I, I got turned onto this by, I got turned onto this by like other drummers um, on online, and you message everyone. It's like, hey, have you heard the Ocean album yet? And they've all heard it already. No, okay. Because this, I, I don't know. There's something about this record that is just fantastic. Cool. I loved it. Um, uh, Jurassic Cretaceous is my highlight. That's a good song. Great song. Um, and I have one other highlight, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Pleistocene or something like that? Anyway. Pleistocene. Yeah, something like that. Scene. Yeah, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, honestly, like, if you've got the time, picking out individual tracks is not worth it. Go as well. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so yeah, uh, nine and a half out of ten. Took off right. half a point for I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Dave. Okay, this is a very interesting listen right from the start. It just demands your attention. You know that you're going to have to put everything else in your life aside and just focus on what this band is giving you. My first time hearing this band too. Um, it's very atmospheric, very paced. There are changes in mood and style. Everything you would expect from something that's prog rock, prog metal, whatever you want to call it. But the subject matter that this is themed on is perfect for that style of music because mm. you've got so many different things happening. It kind of goes with what they're getting at. Um, the song titles um, were intriguing because I didn't know what the hell any of them meant. There were a couple like Jurassic and... Um, it's all periods of time, yeah. Yeah, so I chucked them in the Google and it's like the geological time period. Mm. So, and it got me reading. So not only was I enjoying this music, I was reading a little bit about the Earth's history, which is fantastic that an album has inspired me to do that. Cool. Um, it's not, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of like Pink Floyd meets Porcupine Tree with some harsh metal. Actually, yeah, that's a yeah. Yeah. It depends on what you've listened to in the past, though, what you will yeah. identify, but ultimately it's very unique, with one exception the harsh vocals and it just sounds like every other fucking metal band that uses that style of thing. And that just 
disappointed me, but that's just my thing. But I just think that's fair though. Yeah. With those harsh vocals, they all sound the same. You can't really distinguish it from one to the other. So that was why I actually like the instrumental part, <laughs> the instrumental version. So that's probably why they threw it on. Yeah. But yeah. And in addition to um, Googling what the hell all these song title names were about, learning about the um, geological time period, I'm also checking out the lyrics to the album because this is one you have to sit down with the lyric sheet yeah. and just follow along. But um, yeah, it definitely deserves a few intense listens. Um, I wrote standout tracks, but I can't pronounce them. And yeah, there's probably going to be. You have to have a go. You ha- I can't be the only one that has a go at the start, then we drag team. You have to have a go. Okay. I wrote Terastic and uh, Holochin. There's probably more, but I can't pronounce them. I got nine out of ten. Sorry? Nine out of ten. Okay, cool. I'm not going to be the only one that's going to be thrown over a cliff trying to pronounce these fucking names. It's just not going to be the way it works out for this one. Um, So with Tim pushing for this, I went and did a little reading up on the band, their bio and that, and after reading the bio, because I've never really listened to this band before, um, I was really intrigued after reading what they were going for with this. You need to give this one your time and attention. You have to give this time and attention. It's one that you've got a lot to take in. Um, progressive metal at heart, but there's a lot more to it than that. And again, like Dave was saying, it's one to sit down with the lyric sheet and darken room album, all that kind of stuff. Very melodic and deep. I know that's got the, the aggressive growly vocals, but the overall composition is so melodic and there's so much going on there. The, the scope of this is immense, which is fitting considering the subject matter of what they're going for, going through all the, the time periods they're going through. Um, this doesn't have any of that staccato fall back into that sort of tropey kind of stuff that a lot of people suffer from. This just is beautiful from start to finish. I think the production is fantastic on this as well. The layout of this sonically is brilliant. You can really feel the weight and the significance of what they're talking about or performing about while the dog falls off the chair behind me. <laughs> Nala's retired after a walk earlier on today, so she's literally falling out of the chair. I can't wait to watch that back. <laughs> Jody's lost her shit on the couch over there. <laughs> she hasn't done that for a while. It's an interesting... Oh, wow, okay. I don't even know why she... Why would she do that? Okay, there we go. All right, something new every week here on the show. Um, yeah, no, she's an old girl. She's over 10 years, getting close to 11 years old now, so it's a bit, bit of a uh, understandable that door at some point or another. Um, but back to the album. Um, it's very melodic, very deep, like I was saying. Like I said, the aggression through the vocals goes with it. I thought it... Yeah, depending on your taste and that, you got to either enjoy it or not. I don't mind it, so it was all right for me. Um, I think that the this, because it's the tones, the amount of stuff going on there, it, it had to be done right. Like the blending of non-traditional metal instruments in this was fantastic. There was so much potential for this to be done wrong, and they nailed it, which is pretty fucking impressive. Uh, it has some really open moments on this. that got a big sound wall at times to complement that. Overall, the space, the depth, the drama on this is wonderfully done. And that flows into the track as well. Like every detail of this has been really well thought out, which it had to be. There's ear candy in this too, which is amazing when you listen to this on multiple listens. Like there's, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. And that, along with the composition, serves to break things up. Like I was talking before about how Lewis added like a tambourine hitting there, here and there and stuff. But this album has a lot more of it. And it's those little circuit breakers. Like it's, it's when you're going through a little bit of a lull. Okay. This is, you know, you get stuck in this groove and then it's like, bang. It's like, okay, 
gear change. It's that really almost classical sort of composition approach. To it's, it's a, you don't hear many releases like this that have ear candy. Yeah, exactly. And like earworm stuff, and this it, it does. Yeah, it's very well done. Um, it took me a minute to get onto it to start with because it does take that bit of attention and focus, but, but the more time I spent with this, the better I've got. Uh, the biggest surprise to me overall was how organic the whole thing was. Um, it shouldn't be organic, but it is. Like you, you know, they're sitting there going through all their theory and stuff, but you just—it feels like it's been jammed and it's just flowed. It's, it's so well done in that regard. None of the usual mistakes have been made with this release at all. You do feel like I was talking about the weight of this being in the the music. The the, the subject matter is heavy, and intense, and this isn't the most heavy, and intense listen out there. It's a lot of you know depth and light and shade and stuff going on here it's a very beautiful piece to listen to but the the passage of time the weight invoked on this you can feel it in the composition and you know that goes along with everything going on here while Nala makes her return um so the 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 putting little instrumental breather in, in there as well was a nice track in the middle of the album like they did everything right to really still give you the the impression of time like eons passing by and you can feel it in the space of less than an hour which is amazing uh on that note the instrumental disc number two i actually enjoyed that it's not a bad thing to listen to so tim maybe go and check it out because what happens on that one is you get to appreciate that layering and the, and the individual little moments and stuff that you can do more because the vocals aren't competing for your attention anymore so you get to really yeah. dive into the composition. So it is worth listening to. I think it's a worthy addition on this one, which I don't normally say that about an instrumental disc. This one, it's a nice touch. This is a pure darkened room kind of an album one. You've got to really give it a listen to it as a complete product. We'll always pick stand and all sort of stuff. But this is one of those albums you have to take in as its entirety. It's worth consisting with. This will grow on you over time as well. I think this is one you should check out for yourself because anyone's recommendation isn't going to be everyone's recommendation kind of thing on, on this sort of a release, but it is one to definitely check out. Nine out of 10 from me. I picked Holocene, Miocene, Pilocene, Jurassic, Cretaceous were my standouts. So there we go. Now to see if my new little feature works in the actual recording. Let's see how this goes. Time for the main event of the evening. We got it right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that actually worked. I can't wait to see how that comes out in post-production. All right. Main event of the evening is Deftones with Olms. Ten tracks for 46 minutes. The ninth studio of the American band released September 2020 via reprise. Produced by Terry Date and the Deftones. Uh, this had quite a bit of hype leading up to the release, but that hype seems to have died off, especially with the Ocean release coming out at the same week. So let's see how we go with it. And Dave, we're going to go with you first. I think I know how this one went for you. <laughs> <Does that happen? laughs> I've never been a Deftones fan it's just one band that just constantly passed me by and so if you're like me and you're a fan of this band this album is not going to change that um, this was fucking painful to listen to <laughs> I don't know I think I was supposed to be angry or frustrated or something but ultimately I was just really bored for almost an hour um, yeah I'd like to have something redeeming to say about it, but I really can't find anything. There was a song, I don't know if it was the last song or the second last song that was all right. And it might have just been because I was feeling I'm almost at the finish line and this is really <laughs> sense of relief I gave it two. I didn't want to bin it because it, wow. it's more a question of taste and it's just not to mind. But it's not dreadful, I think. 
you think <laughs> that's going to get some comments, man. I can't wait to get the response oh, yeah. out of people on that. All right. <laughs> so that's it. You're done. That's yeah. No, true. Cool. Tim. All right. So to answer the question of what you're supposed to be feeling, it's sad and horny. <laughs> I've got neither. That's, that's, uh, that's, so your, your sad and horny friends have disappeared. That is why because they're listening to this. Um, wow. That's a take. To be honest, to be honest with you, like, I, I, I like the Deftones. I, they're certainly not my favorite band, but I think they've got some good tunes. What um, only was a killer album? Yeah, that, it, it, it certainly is. Um, I think this album, though, it, my, 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 my impression at the end was just meh. Mm. Um, uh, I think this really lacked... First of all, my first impression was it, they've obviously... I think they've given up on having a new audience. This, oh, they've yeah. definitely um, settled in on that Deftones sound and that down-tuned groove with the vocal on top. The funniest thing about that, while, while it's in my head... Is that this is the first time they use a nine string guitar on this for this band, and I'm like, where the fuck did you even use nine strings? Yeah, for real. Well, like, <laughs> they, they're, they're probably down down tuning the seven string that low anyway, so they're not. Um, and and the other thing is too is I think this album the one thing that stood out for me really um, was it really lacks a. A proper earworm lead single. Yeah. And um, that really stands out, not only listening to this album, but again, like you said, there was a lot of hype coming into this. And partly part of the hype is, you know, the Deftones are a name that will generate attention and a lot of media outlets are looking for attention at the moment. And yep. the Deftones is one of the few bands that released an album. But I didn't listen to the lead single that was released and people were raving about that single and I'm... I don't even know what it is now. That's the thing. I don't think there's any singles on this. No, there's no singles on here. And, and when you go back, and I was thinking about this before, is when you go back and look at the Deftones albums, like generally the ones that are better received are the ones that do have a strong lead single, be it Diamond Eyes or White Pony or, you yeah. know, Shut Up and Drive and, um, and whatnot. So, again, for me, I think this is good background music. Yeah. If you're, if you're into it. Um, but, yeah. Take it or leave it. Mm. And I didn't really have a standout because, again, I think they all just blended together. And, yeah, six out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. I completely get what everyone's saying about this album. Um, I completely get it. I did like Gore and Koinayoke. I thought they were pretty good releases, though. So, so I was curious where they would go on with this one. And like Tim was saying, they've just settled on who they are and what they do, and they're not trying to grow their fan base, and this will not grow their fan base at all. That will probably please a lot of their existing fans in a lot of respects. Um, right from the start, you know it's going to be a brooding kind of a release. It is one that does grow on you more over time. Um, but it does feel purely like an album for them and them alone and their fans, and that's it. Overall, you know, for how dark this is, it's pretty well produced. I mean, the tones are very bottom heavy, which they always have been with this band. Um, but oh, pretty much it's pretty well balanced overall. Nothing's been overcooked. The brightness in this does contrast nicely with the darkness on the sound overall. I think the vocals and the drums being back a touch was a nice bit, a nice trick employed here. It added to the depth of what was going on. 
But things like the vocals and the synth touches that were on this did come back and forth nicely to give more depth to what was going on. It wasn't just a, uh, a dense album kind of thing to listen to. Um, there were little single tambourine hits on this one again. So there's been a few albums in this session tonight that, we, that we've had where there have been little subtle things thrown in. This is, you know, has a little bit of those in there. I noticed that mostly, though, when I was listening to it through these, you know, whiz-bang headphones that I've got, when I sat down at the computer and really dove into the album. The problem with this album is that for me, getting to the point with the other releases tonight, I wanted to sit down at the computer with those headphones on and really take it in. This one, listening to it while doing work around the house and just through, you know, the Apple AirPods or whatever else, and just listening to it through that didn't really do anything for me. This is a long 46-minute release. Um, I mean, the performances are good. You expect the performances to be good on this. Um, it's just there are great individuals in that band. Yeah, the the performances are fine. It's the the overall gear changes across the album aren't there. This thing can drag. I mean, it's stretched out too far. There are beautiful moments. Like at the end of Pompeii, I think it is, there was a nice little melodic piece at the very end. But it went for like two minutes and it didn't need to be there. Um, so if also, the other talk- thing is too, like, oh, I'll just grab the, the song titles. Mm. Uh, yeah, like the spell of mathematics. Yeah. Like that's such a, like, 15 year old kid yeah like trying to trying to sound deep and mysterious for the 19 year old goth girl yeah actually very right. it's 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 it is leaning into that 35 year old nostalgia mm. yeah and it's it's that's all this is it's a shame because um the deftones are a band that like the radio station that should not be named will play if they do give them a single yeah Definitely. And they actually missed an opportunity here without realizing it. Mm. It's an interesting one because the, like I get like before with the the Ocean album, we're talking about you know going for the movie score kind of thing, and that effect was really well nailed on that album. On this album, I think they've tried a little bit of that, and it didn't work. Like the the stretching of things out and that lack of single and the the things like the spell of mathematics like that's not a standard track for me at all um no it's not you know the i just think they went too far like this would have been better served as being like a 30 minute album if that makes sense i think it would have been more bang for a spark kind of thing it, it just tends to meander a bit too much individual songs are nice on this but taken as a complete product it doesn't lock you down um this is one of those albums where the back third, the last few tracks kind of gave it more. So you go to like This Link Is Dead, Radiant City, Headless, maybe Ohms. That kind of last section there gets a, gets a bit more interesting. There's a bit more diversity going toward the back end. Maybe that's when it picked up for you a bit as well, Dave, because you're saying like the last track or the second last track. It started to get its juices flowing. It was like if it had fucking separated things out a bit better, it would have made that more balanced in my mind. But see, the thing is that on the third or fourth listen through for me, when I finally sat down with the headphones, I was able to really dive into the album. You, being a production head and all that sort of stuff, there was a lot more to get into this. So my score is higher than I probably feel I should give it, but I reserve the right to knock this one up or down later on because this is one of those albums I think that you need to come back to this five years from now and see where this ranks amongst their discography overall. So if we do a special on these guys down the line, I'd be curious to see where it lands. You know, is it the, you know, 
where it sits is it toward the bottom or toward the top of their releases kind of thing. I don't think it's toward the top of their releases. Um, but even with that said, I gave it an eight out of 10. I pinged this link is dead ceremony and Olms. Like I said, I do reserve the right to change that one though, because even as we were sitting talking about it, I was tempted to knock it down again. So I'm still not completely settled on where I sit with that album. It's an interesting one, that one, but it hasn't had the impact I thought it would have. It's not going to be a top 10 album for sure. That's a, that's a definite no, no. Um, which is a shame for a band that's got the pedigree that this one has for mine. And the funny thing is that you, that's released the same week as The Ocean. And it's, I've watched other people say the same thing. People would normally go Deftones, a week of a Deftones album, they're going to listen to that nonstop. Other people, not just me, have gone to The Ocean over Deftones in a heartbeat. And I completely understand why. So I think... Well, the, the fact that The Ocean album went quicker than the, the Deftones album, mm-hmm. for how complex that is, is yeah. kind of sad. Well, yeah, it didn't feel like a long listen like the Deftones one did. Deftones felt yeah. the ocean, even going through the ocean with the bonus just didn't feel long like Deftones did. Is that saying yeah, it's just a drag. Mm. It just doesn't have enough tempo in it. It just needed more balls. It needed, like, it needed that single yeah. you're talking about. It, it, needed, it, needed, it, needed, it needed a proper single. Mm. Just to, because at, at the end of the album, I couldn't actually remember anything the first time I listened That's to it. Yeah, it's like there's nothing memorable about it. There's nothing. It's like twenty years later, I still remember that that intro to Digital Bath. Yeah, you know, I'll never forget that until the day I die. Yeah, but this one is just nothing. Yeah, the standout tracks that I picked, I remember the way I, the feeling, not the riff, if that makes sense. It's like okay, yeah, I remember that. But but normally when you, something jumps out, you know, you can hear it in your head, and this one. None of those really do it for me. It was just where they stood in the context of the album. I picked three songs because they were the ones that I probably the reason why I picked those three is because it made me feel something. Yeah. As opposed to the rest, which made me feel nothing. Which is, yeah, it's a really weird release. I think it is just purely for them. I don't think it's going to be for anyone else ultimately. But out there, give us your thoughts on this album and the rest of the albums as well that we've covered off here tonight. And, um, interesting. Cool. Very interesting cool. Um, yeah. Very interesting. But I think now it's time for our favourite part of every episode where we get to sit down and I should find another audio thing for the bin, shouldn't I? I should find something for that. <laughs> get a get a, a garbage truck compacting or something. <laughs> for yeah, just like uh, just throw, throw a CD into the bin and yeah. record that sound. I can do that. <laughs> be a big boomy sound with that bin too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should I should get the the sound bite from when Jimmy threw Dennis a CD into the bin. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the sound bite I should use. I'll I'll, I'll dig that up and I'll use that. All right. So there, there's a plan for another bit of audio uh, playing around to go with this one. All right. Time for the bin though. So let's go to you, Tim. What have you got for the bin? All right. So we all know the cliche of band t-shirts. Yeah. Which is you can never buy enough larges when you when you're selling them. You'll always run out of larges and you'll never run out of smalls. Yep. Uh, so my, my bin is uh, every shoe company ever. <laughs> because, again, we've all been bored in isolation and we're spending money on shit that we don't need. But the same thing applies to shoes. Yeah. Uh, for, for, for Vans, for Jordans, for everything. No one buys the size four. No. Um, stop stocking them and get more size 12s. Yeah. Um, True. I'm still filthy that I missed out on the Simpsons vans. 
<laughs> and two months later, those size fours are still sitting there. Not gonna uh, buy them and try so and you, flip them. Exactly. So you gotta you you gotta know your customer base because there's money sitting on the table. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah. Uh, so that's my bin. Every shoe company ever for fucking up their sizes. Good point. Um, I'll agree with that. <laughs> I don't wear those shoes. I wear boots, but I completely get it. Jody is in the same boat, though. She's completely agreeing with you there. All right, Dave. Um, I'm going to bin dodgy guitar tablature. Oh, <laughs> I'm still... that's horrible, isn't it? Oh, it fucking hits me. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, this is the first. This has not been bin on the show before. So please, please go ahead. I'm sure we've all seen in the Sandman in the open string position, which is wrong. But it's not just, that's it's really shit me. That's just a mistake. When you get something and the riff is transcribed in tablature in two different positions in the same transcription. Like, you just transcribed it right in the previous page and they repeat it. And you transcribed it in the wrong place, which means you would have to shift your hand from one side, one, one part of the guitar all the way up it makes no sense why you would do this in the same transcription. You can understand if maybe this was online, but if it's an officially purchased book, what the hell are you doing? Oh, God. That, what? You yeah, I've seen it heaps of times. Wow. And if okay. you have to, 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 to go back up to the seconds and go back to the 10. What? It makes no sense, but it no, happens. It sense. Often. So okay. I thought, yep, that has to go in the bin. Well played, sir. I agree. Dodgy tablature was fucking the bane of one's existence. When I used to teach guitar, fuck, I used mm. to. <laughs> Bad tablature was the, the end of everything for me. Um, all right, well, I'll be the serious bin for this week, and that is just generally speaking the current state of politics. As we do this today, it's the first head-to-head debate between Trump and Biden. What a fucking train wreck that was. <laughs> um, and anyone that thinks it doesn't influence us here in Australia is fucking dreaming. And then the general state of things here between the politics and the media where, you know, Scott Morrison can outright lie yesterday about 40 boats being lined up in Botany Bay and he refuses to rule out using the uh, the ADF to break a strike and that doesn't get commented on at all. Alan Tudge has been found to have acted unlawfully in criminal ways by a judge and no, nothing about that either. Just the current state of just accountability in politics. You've got the Victorian Health Minister resigns over what happened by comparison, all that stuff that goes on is, is not, at least hers are understandable because it's a once in a lifetime event, shit goes wrong. At least, you know, you'll make mistakes, that's a given. But when there's other stuff that's just constant, fuck me, it's horrifying where we're going at the moment. And I just want to put that in the bin and just go, enough, can we just get some better people in politics, please? That'd be a nice change. People actually, you know, give a fuck as opposed to trying to line their own pockets. That'd be nice. Same for the journalists too. Uh, here, here. Completely over the lot of them. Baxendale, Rachel Baxendale can fuck right off. <laughs> oh my god! As far as journalists go, fuck me. I want. I honestly want to know what her. The if she even took a, a course in in uni, I would love to hear what her teachers think of what she does today in terms of journalistic integrity. That'd be a nice. Someone should. Yeah, ask. that'd be interesting. Mm. Anyway, I won't go on for too long and then I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, but yeah, that's just a general fucking Jesus. That's shit. Uh, we'll be doing more very, very soon. <laughs> on the, we'll, we'll be getting together on here, I think Saturday, a few of us to get together and, and do something else. I'll uh, get a few reviews. Hailstorm, Pink Cream 69, Testament, 
and I think uh, Rock and Bolts was the other one on that one as well. So that's coming up very, very soon for everyone's enjoyment as well. And hopefully, as always, you've enjoyed what we've done here tonight. Details are there for you to follow either on screen or if you're listening to it, then hit the description and, and follow us on all of our socials. And if you feel so inclined, we'd greatly appreciate any supporting you as by Patreon. So please check out that page for more information. And while I'm speaking of wonderful supporters, please do check out our fantastic sponsors, Squidding Screen Printing, Old Colt and Rockstar Finance. Just give them a follow, give them a like for the work they give to us here to help us out and, and do some different stuff here. We've had a, a fun night here. We did some testing of the Zoom live stream on Facebook, which we haven't done before. It was a, a first for us here to have done this one tonight. So it's been good. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed this one as well. We found some good music this week, at least, for the most part. Yeah. It, it was, I think at worst, it was a 50-50 split. So that's, that's at worst. That's not a bad outcome for a week for us. So that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, thank you to you guys for taking the time yet again on the middle of the week to sit down and talk some nonsense with us. And, and thank you, everyone out there, for putting up with us. And hopefully you've enjoyed this week's episode. As always, make sure you leave your feedback because your comments are important to us as well. But that's it for now. We'll be back again very, very soon. Until we do see you then, I'm Andrew. I'm Tim. I'm Dave. As always, drink up. Rock on. I found a new function. Cool. I'm excited. Wait. Hey, do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a part of the share screen setup. Okay. Yeah. So you can you go to share screen and you go to advanced and you can choose just to share the sound. All right. And then yeah, you can turn it on and off whenever you want as well. So I can now set it up. So I can. I've just got the. I ripped that from YouTube today. And so whenever we get to that whole point, it's just like when it loads up. You could just find a whole heap of them and just turn it basically into an episode of Hey How Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I should do is rip the audio of Dickie Nee doing something in there and just throw it with shits and giggles. It still would have been funny to come up with our own version of Dickie Nee, like fucked ankle or something. And, yeah. <laughs> like just that you pull a string and this is fucking bad head pops up. Yeah. Busted plugger. <laughs> <laughs> Busted plug it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>